brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I am an editor here at HowStuffWorks.com. Sitting across from me, as usual, is senior writer Jonathan Strickland. Father wears his Sunday best. Mother's tired. She needs a rest. The kids are playing up downstairs. <laughs> I never could get that line. Yeah, I, it doesn't make any sense. I have a feeling it's, it's a col- madness, I tell you. <laughs> madness! I figure it's a colloquialism, but I'll settle for that. So, Paulette. Yes. Do you happen to know who lives at 1835 73rd Avenue Northeast, Medina, Washington? Well, I do, but I'll pretend I don't. No, who? That'd be Bill Gates. Ah, yes. Yes, Bill Gates, the billionaire, the founder of Microsoft, the amazing philanthropist. Uh, I mean, his philanthropic efforts have been phenomenal. That, that, that is just me being genuine. The guy's given billions of dollars to charities. I'm sorry. When you say phenomenal, I start singing Menomina in my head. So <laughs> I, I, I was what that pause was. So we had some people write in on mm-hmm. both Facebook and an email over, well, pretty much since we have done our uh, did our episode about Bill Gates and Steve Jobs ages and ages ago. You guys might not remember those, but we did a, a pair of podcasts about Steve Jobs and Bill Gates. Because the two have very interesting parallel lives. Uh, the development of Microsoft and the development of Apple have almost the same timeline, yes. but very different pathways. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we had several people write in and say, hey, I heard that Bill Gates has this really cool house, and it's really technologically advanced, and I want to know more about it. So we did some digging, and we've got some information. Now, we should point out that neither of us have been to Bill Gates's house. Nope. And uh, neither has Tyler. Tyler, you haven't been, have you? I've not. Okay. That Tyler just said he has not been. Um, uh, Josh and Chuck, strangely enough, have yet to go to Bill Gates's house, <laughs> but that could change by the time this podcast goes live. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what we do know, we know from various articles. Uh, one big one was in U.S. News and World Report. Yeah, I, I um, hadn't actually read that article before doing research on it, and it is a few years old now. Yeah. Um, but they do give you an idea. They even have some illustrations of what the house looks like. Of course, there are photos. Um, Mostly, you know, taken either from a boat from Lake Washington or uh, from an airplane flying over or helicopter flying over the the estate. Yes, yes. Um, His pool house is bigger than my house. Yeah. All uh, of it. That was one of the interesting notes I read repeatedly across various websites. I should also say that uh, kudos to U.S. News & World Report because you created an article that has been plagiarized widely on the Internet. Yeah. Um, Uh, That is a problem when you're looking for multiple sources of information. Yeah. Chris and I were looking through lots and lots of different sources, and we kept coming across the same paragraphs. I mean, exactly the same, word for word, with the same titles and everything. And I'm thinking, where the heck did it was, which one of these was the first? And it turns out it was this U.S. News and World Report article. Yes. Um, I had actually originally read about this, his house, on, in a Sky Magazine article years and years ago. Ah, yes. But the... Um, uh, yeah, the the whole size of it is enormous. According to that U.S. News and World Report article, if you add up all the buildings, because mm-hmm. there are several on his on his estate, uh, if you add up all the buildings, you get to about sixty six thousand square feet of building. Yes, 
The average home is around 2,000 square feet. Yes, which is still larger than my house. Yeah, but, you know, yes, and his garage is like three times as large as the average house. Yes. It's over 6,000 square feet. Actually, wait, wait, one, of his, one of his garages, he has three of them. All right, so look, we're jumping ahead of ourselves. So let's give you a quick overview. So, yeah, 66,000 square feet of residence, if you add up all the buildings together, mm-hmm. um, which uh, U.S. News & World Report is very helpfully uh, po- points out, rather. They point out helpfully that um, that's 1.5 acres, mm-hmm. one and a half acres of just rooms. <laughs> and uh, it has seven bedrooms. Yes. 24 bathrooms, including 10 full baths, six kitchens, and six fireplaces. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this is a... Uh, it's on... Lake Washington. Um, if you were to get in a boat and go from Seattle across the lake, you would eventually hit his uh, his house and then be very politely escorted off property, <laughs> um, assuming you weren't invited. I mean, I'm, I'm certain that he's very hospitable toward invited guests, but uh, the uninvited type, I assume, re- meet uh, a, a a a friendly but stiff resistance. <laughs> That's just me guessing. I have not tried to get into Bill Gates's house. I learned my lesson after going to Cupertino. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a joke. I've not tried to get into Steve Jobs's house either. Yeah, he actually, actually has between the two. I'd be more frightened of Jobs. <laughs> um, yeah, there's approximately uh, 500 feet of waterfront for the yeah, property, which costs around twenty five thousand dollars a foot, as I recall. <laughs> Twenty to twenty-five thousand. I read an interview where he he specifically pointed that out. Um, it was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's built into a hillside, mm-hmm. so the the while there are, there is this huge square footage involved, most of that is not visible, or a good portion of it is invisible because it's built into a hillside. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was partly in order to improve energy efficiency. It, yeah. it was actually thoughtfully done. It was like, you know, I'm going to have this enormous estate, but I want to do it in a way that is responsible. Yeah, there are, uh, there are signs that he uh, and the, the developers took... Um, <laughs> Developers. Yeah, that's Balmer. I'm sorry, it just hit me. Um, they took some pains to make it uh, green, uh, or at least greener than than you might expect for such a large place, including the fact that it, there's an estuary. Yes, um, which is a uh, you know there's an artificial stream and wetland area um, designed basically. There, there's some. Uh, there are some retaining walls around the house. Yeah. Um, and there's some water runoff, and the estuary is designed to mitigate that somewhat. Yeah, actually, uh, the, one of the architects and designers for his estate, uh, Jim Cutler, mm-hmm. was the one to convince Bill Gates to uh, include the wetlands as part of the design in order to mitigate that runoff problem that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And according to an interview I read. Uh, Cutler said that it took it took some convincing because Bill Gates pointed out that waterfront property in around Seattle is very expensive. He said, well, well, I paid for this waterfront property. You want me to turn it into a swamp? Cutler said, well, this is a way for you to connect back to the world. It's a way for you to uh, provide a, a, a disappearing resource because more and more people are building homes along the lake and destroying the natural wetlands. Mm-hmm. This will create wetlands that will allow salmon to spawn. It will allow uh, wildlife to come back into the area. And according to Cutler, he says that the wetlands is now Bill Gates, one of Bill Gates's favorite um, parts, what well, favorite features of his of his home. Pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Cutler also had a couple of other interesting things to say. Um, 
for one thing, the a lot of the house, the house is made up of various materials, but a lot of the, the wood of the house is uh, Douglas fir that's recycled. It actually comes from an old warehouse and, and lumber mill. And uh, when Cutler talked to Bill Gates about this, uh, back when they were first talking about building the house, that was when you may have heard about the spotted owls. Yes. You remember that the spotted yes. owls in the Pacific Northwest they were in uh, they were in danger because their habitat was being destroyed in lumbering, uh, lumbering in lumber <laughs> lumber yards. People were cutting down the trees that the spotted owls were living in, and because people were you know walking very heavily through there and it was disrupting. The yes, owls. they were lumbering through. Uh, that was that was my mistake, and I'm glad that we managed to uh, to highlight it. Um, it doesn't bother me at all. I do it all the time. So at any rate, <laughs> uh, no, I, I just love the mental picture. It is pretty funny. I think these lumbering owls, actually. I just imagine these enormous ones. At any rate, let's get back to the topic at hand. Uh, Cutler, Bill Gates really wanted the Douglas fir as part of the, the wood being used. And, and Cutler yeah. said, well, you know, it's we got to find a way to do this in a responsible manner. And found a guy who sold um, reclaimed wood, essentially, recycled wood. And, and told Bill Gates, hey, if we, if, if you Buy if you build a sawmill to in order to uh, to um, produce this repurposed wood and you know cut it down to the right size and everything we could build your house out of it. And Bill Gates thought this was actually a great idea and he set up a sawmill for salvage lumber. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was called uh, G.R. Plume and Company, and uh, according to Cutler, it cost a couple of million dollars to build. And Bill Gates funded it. And uh, it wasn't, you know, ju- it was not just to build his house. It's also the idea of being able to reuse wood so that you don't have to cut down, uh, you know, adult trees. Mm-hmm. That's pretty phenomenal too, I think. Yeah, that 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 is. Um, and I, ironically enough, I guess in a way, uh, the uh, the Douglas fir that is used in Mr. Gates' house uh, it comes. It's five hundred years old. Apparently, um, but it came from an ancient lumber mill. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and as part of the the construction process, they really polished it up and made it look really, really nice. Um, the the house, by the way, is in a lodge style. Yeah. Um, so they they used that in a stainless steel roof, mm-hmm. and uh, they made the hardware. They anodized the hardware, so all the the uh, metal furnished um, finishings basically look sort of used, but are still you know. Very, uh, very up to date. Yep, it's got lots and lots of like the above ground parts. Anyway, have lots of glass that uh, kind of most of the windows face west, mm-hmm. so that you get the uh, the beautiful sunsets mm-hmm. over Seattle. And then uh, the the house itself has a very sophisticated computer system running all the way through it. This is probably what most of our fans were curious about: was the computer system running on or in the house? Yeah. Um, it turns out this is a. Uh, what we know of it sounds like it's pretty sophisticated, pretty cool idea. And uh, actually, Chris, you pointed out a few episodes ago an e- a neat uh, update that the house could have using the the software from Connect, the, yes. um, the capabilities of Connect. But we'll we'll get into what the original design was. Uh, we don't have any way of knowing whether or not Gates would upgrade. I mean, I would imagine so, but we don't know, right? Because neither of us are on. Speaking terms with Mr. Gates. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing. The uh, the U.S. News and World Report uh, 
uh, profile of the house is several years old. The house was built in the the late 1990s, yeah. I believe, yeah. or mid to late 1990s. And uh, from the U.S. News and World Report article, you might uh, get the feeling that the technology is somewhat dated uh, because the uh, the report said that it's running. Um, the system that runs the house uses Windows NT, uh, which you might go, ha, 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 how old? I'm sure that it's probably been upgraded once or maybe even twice since that yeah, article I hear when was it was written. on Windows Vista, it was just unlivable. Oh, that's, that's a joke. terrible. That's a joke. Um, but, uh, you know, honestly, it's designed to be... Uh, Bill Gates's vision of the house of the future. Yeah. So there are still some uh, many things that I'm sure even if it were still running on Windows NT, uh, I haven't seen anything that's newer than that that actually tells tells us whether or not the uh, computer systems have been upgraded. But it's still far uh, the functionality is far more advanced than most of the stuff that most of us have in our homes because it's got the ability to recognize individuals and tailor what's going on. Uh, in the house around them based on the identification of the person in question. Right, right, yeah. Uh, essentially, every person gets to build their own profile. Mm-hmm. And the profile will, uh, as they move through the house, the house adjusts to the person, which is, that's pretty cool. It, it reminds me, actually, of, uh, did you ever see the show Eureka? Yes. Eureka had Sarah. Yes. Sarah was uh, the home of the sheriff of Eureka, and Sarah was an automated house. I, my wife could tell you the entire – what the acronym stands for. Yeah. I, I don't remember. It's like self-automated residence something or other. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have the whole thing. Uh, but anyway, Sarah would uh, could identify people as they walked in and, and set the, the profile properly. Well – Gates's house can do the same thing. Now, the way it works in Gates's house is that um, it runs on, well, at least originally anyway, uh, runs on uh, RFID chips, radio frequency mm-hmm. chips. So each person gets a badge or a pen of some sort, pin, P-I-N, of some sort that uh, has an RFID chip in it. And then you create your profile. So you might tell the master computer system that, you know, I really like... Beethoven, I really and I, you know, Beethoven's Seventh Symphony, Second Movement is my favorite piece of classical music. In particular, I want that in heavy rotation. But in general, Beethoven, maybe some Mozart, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then, as you move through the house, if you wanted to listen to music, it would start playing. And if you went to a different room, the music would follow you. So mm-hmm. the music system would shut down in the room you have just left and start up in the room you just walked into. But it goes well beyond that. It goes into everything from, let's say you watch, you were watching a movie in one of the rooms and then you needed to move into a different room. And uh, the television would come on and the movie would pick up exactly where it left off when you were in the other room. Yeah. Or even the climate controls. Let's say that you like it a little cooler than everyone else in the house. So you've established that it should be at 70 degrees where, which in whichever room you're in. Uh, the climate controls would adjust automatically as you move through because all of these different systems were tied into the master computer system mm-hmm. and could be uh, customized for a particular person. The question I have, of course... Yes. How do you rank those RFID chips so that if multiple people are in the same room? Because these rooms are enormous. Yes. Some of these rooms are bigger than like a basketball court. So you sit there and think, well, if I'm the only person in this room, I'm going to feel mighty lonely. So assuming there's more than one person, I wonder how it determines which person's profile wins out. Oh, I'm pretty sure I know who's going to well, win Well, I out. know who wins overall. Melinda? Clear, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
Chris and I are both married, and we always know who wins in the end. It's always going to be the wife. But let's say she's not in the room, or that Bill's not in the room. Let's say it's two guests. I wonder whose wins. Balmer. Maybe the first person. Well, yeah. I'm if, sorry. That's, that's Microsoft if, CEO, Steve if, Ballmer. If Ballmer. If Balmer's in the room, you defer to him out of fear. <laughs> you don't want to be ripped limb from limb. No, he's going to call us one of these days. Yeah, but we won't be able to understand anything. He'll just be screaming. Oh, come on. No, I respect the heck out of him as no, a salesman, as, as a businessman. He's far more intelligent than I am. But, man, that guy intimidates the heck out of me. Yep. Just watch. Go to YouTube. He's so dynamic. Go to YouTube and look look up Balm, Steve Ballmer on YouTube, and you will see some videos of some a very intense man. Yes. Intense is probably the best word. Yeah. Uh, Anyhow, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, I got off on a tangent there. Yeah, it's your fault. I actually went looking for the acronym for for Sarah. Oh, okay. Which I, which I found, but I, before I, I do that, I yeah. found that um, uh, actually an article on Device, uh-huh. which you know is Sci-Fi, what, the channel that shows Eureka. But um, they did a little piece on it just just this July. They call this ambient intelligence when your environment can know about you and know what's going on. Cool. And, uh, and you know, basically make things the way you like them and, and tailor the environment around you. Um, and there's a, uh, a group at the University of Essex in the United Kingdom that are working on um, a technology <laughs> uh, uh, which is called iSpace. Um, mm. Yes, very uh, apple as some of the comments it, point out on the page. I? Yes, it is a uh. lowercase i. Um, but they're basically trying to find ways to adapt technology like the stuff that you find in uh, Bill Gates' home to the average person and how to make that possible. Of course, uh, we've run into people like the uh, iLink on uh, the Schlage locks. Uh, where you can have control over that, and the other automated home devices. But um, I think the the idea is to make them much more usable for the average person and hopefully affordable because this stuff is expensive. Uh, and, and it's passive, right? I mean, passive in the sense that you don't have to pick up a remote control and tell it to do these things. Right. It actually is sensing what's going on and, you know, hey – Steve's in the room now. I need to make, yeah. uh, you know, go ahead and turn on the coffee maker, you know, with this particular blend of bean right, or whatever, right. you know. So passive from a user perspective, right. not but but active from the actual device perspective. Wow. Yeah. You just I, messed with my head. Well, it's because when I said passive, I realized that, well, it's actively doing something. I meant passive from the, right. from my, like if I were walking through the room, I'd be like, I don't have to do anything. It's exactly. doing everything for me. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Sarah stands for uh, self-actuated residential automated habitat. Ah, uh, there we are. I was, I was, I only got two of those words semi-right. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, um, there there are other things that I thought were kind of strange, um, because uh, according to the uh, the article by uh, Richard Folkers uh, from 1997, this is the U.S. News and World Report thing. Uh, you can you know tell it you want to watch a particular TV show mm-hmm. and you can walk through the house and the TV show will be on in whatever room you happen to be walking into right. and I'm thinking right. it's going to be difficult to watch if you're moving from room to room but okay but I'm thinking like let's say that you know I mean I can think of a, a, an example let's say that you want you know you're you're watching it in the living room and mm-hmm. then you think I could really go for a grilled cheese sandwich right now. I'm going to walk to one of the six kitchens <laughs> within this estate and make myself a grilled cheese sandwich. But then you're thinking, but do I pause the – I want to be able to watch 
this this show while I'm making my sandwich, but unfortunately, uh, the kitchen is approximately a two mile walk from the living room. So how am I going to be able to do that? Um, no. I'm just exaggerating for comedic effect, obviously. But then, if you have again a television screen in said kitchen. There you go. Problem solved. You go into the kitchen and the television pops on. It picks up right where you left off. And then you can make your sandwich while being entertained. And uh, I'm sure people are going to write to me and berate me for pronouncing sandwich as sandwich. Uh, I hope not. Some other elements that they have at this house, uh, according to various articles, uh, the... Uh, there's a, a, a pool, a huge pool. Yes. 17 by 60 foot swimming pool. It has an underwater music system installed in there so you can actually listen to your music while you're swimming underneath the water. Yes. I, I would recommend uh, perhaps the uh, swimming pool cues if you're going to be listening underwater. Nice. Just a guess. Yeah. I, I would I would recommend the Aquabats. Ah, yes. That's a nice little... Uh, little uh, Hey, if you haven't heard the Aquabats, go check them out. Anyways, or perhaps fish. <laughs> yeah, but you would drown. Or You'd jellyfish. Never be able to, you would never come up for air. That's true. <laughs> fish, because their jams last approximately three days. But the uh, the pool's an indoor-outdoor pool. You can actually go... You can swim under swim the wall. Swim under a glass wall and emerge outside I if you wanted to. I think that's very cool. Uh, there's a, from the entrance, there's apparently a grand staircase that is 84 steps tall. That is a very grand staircase. Yeah, 92 feet long and 63 feet high. Um, there's also an elevator. So if you need an elevator, you can have one. There's a, they have a theater inside the house, mm-hmm. um, seats twenty, and uh, there's a library that is bigger than Chris's house. Yes, it's don't remind me. Twenty one hundred square feet library. Oh my gosh! This the the images I saw for the library, mm-hmm. which by the way were all. Um, they were all uh, uh, computer-generated images. It wasn't like an actual photograph. It was an illustration. Uh, they looked amazing. Mm-hmm. And supposedly the library even has uh, pivoting bookcases, which is awesome. Yeah, that's very nice. One of which hides a bar. And uh, I'm going to get ripped and read <laughs> read uh, Bill Gates's autobiography. That is the place to do it. Yeah, actually, uh, there's apparently some information about the house on uh, the road ahead. Oh, okay. So, uh, which I have not read, but I... I I really wish I had known that before today. Um, <laughs> Would have been helpful to know before we started recording, yes. Paulette. <laughs> However, uh, there is a very famous book in uh-huh. that library, apparently, the Codex Lester. Oh, yeah, that's by one of my favorite guys in the whole wide world. Yep. It would be uh, Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> I'm wondering if uh, I'm wondering if it has the code in it. The co- Oh, that code? Yeah, you know, the Da Vinci code. I hear a lot about it. I mean, they've already got the swiveling bookcase. You know, it's just, just a little bit longer. Can you imagine a scavenger hunt in his house? Holy cow. Um, but he paid $30.8 million for that book, which is a, uh, a 16th century notebook. It's Da Vinci's notebook. It is Da Vinci's notebook. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, we have solved the mystery right here on Tech Stuff. Uh yeah, there's also all these flat panel displays that are throughout the home that mm-hmm. will will. It, this is another thing that's tied into that RFID chip, right? Right. It's the the it'll display art that you like. So let's say that you go and you tell that tell uh, Bill that you, uh, uh, I call him Bill. Uh, you tell Mr. Gates, or you you very politely mention it, Mr. Gates. Like I happen to really like art from uh, the late Renaissance. Mm-hmm. And then he you know, you can have your chip program so that every time you're walking b- through an area, it'll automatically load images uh, 
as if they were framed paintings mm-hmm. from whichever era or artist you happen to like, and your experience is even more customized. It's pretty phenomenal. Of course, might I'd be like, can you generate stuff from the Calvin and Hobbes milieu? <laughs> uh, I, I just sort of assumed that it would show pictures of Mr. Garfunkel and Mr. Linkletter. Oh, yeah, that's kind of art, that kind of art. Uh, actually, I think I'd probably say Berkeley Breathed. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah, um, early Bloom County. Yeah, it's it's possible, I suppose. Um, you know, because I know that the uh, RFID uh, initially used a pin. You know that you'd wear on you. Think Star Trek communicator. I, I that's how I always saw it. In yeah, my I was head. It, it was like, like the, from the next generation. Uh, but uh, you know, theoretically, you could have an RFID chip implanted in you, and then you wouldn't yeah. have to carry anything. Yeah, you know, you, if you, uh, you have to deal with the ethics of implanting RFID technology within a human being. Yeah, which, which has is, been done. Which has been done. It's uh, an ethical question. Yeah, uh, certainly. But uh, you could you could certainly do that. Um, yeah, I can just imagine that that process when you walk through the front door. All right, now hold very still. It's like this is going to sting like crazy for about an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it's like you want to get into a you know your study and you left your badge at the other end of the house and it's like you can't get in. But yeah. it's me. It's yeah. I'm sorry, Dave. Nice, nice. Bill Gates's house is guarded by Hal. Fantastic. <laughs> um, getting back to the house, there's other there's obviously other really big rooms there's a formal dining room that can seat up to 24 people mm-hmm. um, there's a reception hall that can actually hold up to 150 people uh, the reception hall is, is kind of a separate building it's designed for things like if you were to have like a big uh, corporate getaway where all the executives would come to right. all the Microsoft executives would come to Bill Gates's house he could do a presentation there you could have a full catered meal there there's actually one of the kitchens is connected to that hall and there's also this enormous screen in that um, that hall it's uh, uh, so what is it it's 22 foot wide video display made up of 24 rear projection television monitors. Uh, each with 40-inch screen. Actually, that may have changed, too. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I remember reading about another display that was sim- of similar size, but it was using digital projectors as opposed to rear projection screens. Mm-hmm. So it may be that that's changed. Um, there's an activities building that's 900 square foot, so if you want to be in one of the smaller rooms... You can go there. That's got um, a putting green. It's also got. It's also the one that's connected to the boat docks. Yes. Uh, there's um, the three garages we talked about, including the 6,300 square foot garage that can hold more than ten cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a guest house. The guest house is just under 2,000 square feet. So if you are a guest, uh, and Bill Gates wrote uh, much of his autobiography there. Um, in the guest house. That was the first building that was built on his residence, and it was sort of the testing grounds for all this technology to mm-hmm. make sure that it would work on a larger scale. Uh, the exercise room is 2,500 square feet, <laughs> bigger than some of the gems that you've seen, I'm sure. Um, and it apparently has a trampoline room with a 20-foot ceiling, 20-foot high ceiling. Can you imagine bouncing high enough where 20-foot high was like a legitimate concern? <laughs> Well, I don't know the uh, strength of that trampoline either. Yeah. Well, little is it known that Bill Gates can leap from a standing position 15 foot straight up in the air. Now we're getting into Chuck Norris territory. It's only when he's wearing conquistadors. They run tight. (laughs) Uh, That all was a lie, (laughs) what I just said. Yeah, we are getting into kind of a Bill Brasky, Chuck Norris sort of thing when we start talking about it like that. Um, 
And uh, you might wonder how much is this property worth? Well, in 2009, the property taxes on the home were reported to be $1.063 million on a total assessed value of $147.5 million. So almost a $150 million home. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, again, we talk about this and you think about, wow, that's that's like that's excess right there. Compared to some of the opulent, crazy mansions in the past, it's pretty modest. I mean, the 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 rooms are huge. Yes. There's no doubt. They could house many, many, many people. And the technology is phenomenal and probably much more advanced than what we've laid out here because, you know, Bill Gates is a fairly private man. He's not going to right. necessarily publicize the technology that's in his home. I'm sure he has some Microsoft Surfaces in there, which I, weren't I around when these were first built, mm-hmm. right? But you think about some of the other like massive homes built by millionaires and billionaires over the past, mm-hmm. like the Hearst Castle oh, or sure. the Biltmore Estate. Yes, mm-hmm. these homes truly have excess down to a an art mm-hmm. and a science. I mean, they're they are crazy. If you've ever toured any of those homes, they it, you, your mind boggles at how opulent and over-the-top they are. Yeah. Um, not necessarily, like, the Hearst Castle, I think of as being a little tacky, and the Biltmore Estate is a little less tacky, but both are way over-the-top. Uh, compared to those, actually, Bill Gates' estate, and you've got to remember, he's worth several billion dollars, is understated. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I find that admirable. And the fact that he took energy conservation into consideration when building when you know having the house designed and everything mm-hmm. i think that says a lot too it speaks about a very um, responsible approach to designing this massive estate right yeah i mean it's certainly not something that that had to be uh taken into account i mean he's you know he could have built a house many times the size of this one yeah and still not even dented the amount of money that he has on hand right um so, you know, it's pretty impressive. And because there's so much high technology woven into the house, um, I think that uh, um, probably is why people find it so fascinating. Um, you know, there, there are other tech personalities who have had, uh, you know, houses mentioned. But I always hear Bill Gates' men- house mentioned as the one that people want to know about because it's got, you know, the ability. It's got that inter- uh, interactive nature to it where it right. knows who you are and, mm-hmm. and, and what you're doing. It's kind of creepy. Yes. But also cool. And yeah, like like we said before, uh, Chris had pointed out earlier that the Connect technology might be used now instead of RFID because Connect, as you know, I'm sure you know if you've listened to our podcasts about it, uh, has cameras in it that can identify a person and link that person to a profile. So it, you could just theoretically switch out the RFID readers with a series of cameras that are designed to recognize faces and uh, then you no longer even have to issue a a pin to anyone when they enter the home. They would just walk around and the home would detect and identify the people as they walked around and adjust settings from there, which mm-hmm. is, again, sort of creepy but also kind of cool. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's a possibility. We don't know for sure. We don't know that he's done that at all. That's just a guess. Yep. Yep. And it would certainly be easy enough, I'm sure, to uh, have a couple folks from Microsoft come over and, you know, maybe plug some things in for him. If you guys want to help me out with that, 
Sure thing. Yeah, Mr. hopefully, Gates. hopefully he doesn't have to wait long for tech support. I wouldn't imagine hey, so. Can you imagine if your house showed a blue screen of death? Ooh, yeah, that'd be rough. Anyway, uh, Bill, if you're listening, um, we would love to tour your home. Uh, either of us or both of us, we we would find we would be greatly honored and uh, and and um, I like the Ramones and uh, <laughs> punk music in general. Just so you know, and um, and really my art. The, let's just go with uh, Andy Warhol. We're gonna go with uh, Warhol for my art. Okay. Yeah. Right. So uh, just keep that in mind, Billy. And uh, rest of you, if you guys have questions, if you have comments, suggestions for future episodes, you can contact us on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle there is TechStuffHSW, or you can shoot us an email. That address is TechStuff at HowStuffWorks.com. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. If you're a Tech Stuff fan, be sure to check us out on Twitter. Tech Stuff HSW is our handle, and you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash techstuffhsw. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. And be sure to check out the new Tech Stuff blog, now on the HowStuffWorks homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you?